The Transforming Society podcast is brought to you by Bristol University Press and Policy Press. In episodes covering a wide range of social issues, we speak to authors and editors about their books and journals to get to grips with the story their research tells and look at the specific ways in which it could transform society for the better. Anyone working in public services will understand the challenges of tackling complex issues and trying to achieve change. It's hard to know if you're making a difference, let alone be able to evidence this impact to the outside world. These organisations are operating in incredibly complex systems at the best of times, but the current cost of living crisis is creating a huge amount of uncertainty and demand, and more than ever, we need tools that bring clarity and focus to help manage this. In their new book, How Do You Know If You're Making a Difference? Sarah Morton and Elsa Cook, directors and founders of Matter of Focus, set out practical tried and tested approaches to understanding and tracking change that any organization can use to ensure it is making a difference to the people it cares about. Hi, Sarah and Elsa. Hi. Hello. Hi, Jessica. Hi, uh, thank you for speaking to us today. Um, so just to get started, could you tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and matter of focus and how you came to write the book? Um, so Ailsa and I met at the University of Edinburgh, where we were both working in quite kind of practical facing roles around, I was working mainly in kind of evidence to action and getting research and knowledge into policy and practice. And Ailsa was working in with, with people in public services around leadership and change management. Um, and I developed an approach to tracking impact in my uh, through a midlife PhD that I finished in 2012. And Elsa and I were like, oh, this could be really useful, particularly as um, Elsa was working with organizations that were interested in outcomes and how to really understand outcomes and measure outcomes meaningfully. So um, we had a really good approach and we had a way of facilitating people to have a conversation around how do they think they're making a difference but we didn't really have the tools to give it to people in a way they could really operationalize and use in a day-to-day -day way right. and we were sure there must be a better way so uh, we set up matter of focus so that we could develop a software tools to support our approach but also really refine the approach bring it to more organizations um, and kind of test out if it would work well so that's how we got to developing the approach and then we just thought we should write this down and yes. that's what we so that's what we did in terms of the book I don't know if you want to add anything else well I suppose the thing to add is um, a lot of my work had been working really closely with organizations around un, uh, I suppose understanding where they're contributing to outcomes making using different approaches and the thing that had come across so strongly was how um painful and damaging it can be to be responding to very top-down performance measures you know that's a big way in which public services currently think about the difference they're making is that uh, they measure some activity they measure some outcomes and try and draw a straight line in between and um, in my work I was really seeing how damaging that was to practice how it was getting in the way of all of the really relational and co-productive and like I suppose pioneering and transformative ways of, of thinking about public services that on the one hand the policy was really pushing people towards but the other hand was just asking them to measure really overly simple things um, and so I think like well for, for both of us this has been a real opportunity to really think about actually 
uh, can we put something in place that is better than that? Um, because one of the biggest reasons that people say uh, that, you know, they stick with the kind of top down targets is there's nothing better. And mm-hmm. I think we've been really wanting to create something that that is better than that, because we both really knew there is a better way. Um, and that's been another reason why the software is so important is because if there isn't a system for it, it won't happen. Um, so, yeah, we really knew that it, there needed to be a system to kind of be an alternative to some of these very top down performance practices. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk in a minute about exactly what the approach is. But I wanted to talk first about who, who the book is for. So it's hard for public services and any organization with a social mission to show impact and really like paint the picture of how they are contributing to change. I think even as Policy Press, a big part of our um, organizational drive is that social mission. And we try and produce like impact case studies and things. And I feel like, I feel like your book could be useful for an organization like ours as well. Um, so why are public services and organ- other organizations like these different and um, why do they need to measure and demonstrate impact in different ways? Why don't these top down approaches work? One of the things that we really believe strongly in that there is a practice of public service. There are, well, there are many, many different practices of public service. There's a practice of managing public service as services, there's a practice of planning and leading and, uh, commissioning and delivering public services and I think we tend not to think so um, in such a nuanced way about what that practice is and who these different practitioners are so I suppose in terms of who the book is targeted at it's definitely targeted at all of these people whose job it is to think about where next Um, and I think that I think a real strength actually particularly in Scotland of our public services is we've really embedded an ethos where everybody is responsible for thinking where next you know it's not just the job of managers but we've really recognized the importance of working really flexibly and in a in a very bespoke and tailored way with people and with communities so if, if you're someone who's like grappling with well what shall I do tomorrow what shall I do next week and I think that's um yeah in terms of delivering a, a service or in terms of planning a service or in terms of wondering what you're going to do with your big budget or you're not such a big budget I think that the book is for you okay yeah, and I think the other thing is for people or for any setting where it's not obvious how you track impact. So if you're a researcher and you're inventing a cure to cancer, then you can say how many people were cured of cancer. That's fine. That's perfectly adequate, isn't it? It works well. But for all the people who are working with people, whether that's in the third sector or in public sector or some of the people I've been working with over the years are people who are trying to maximise the impact of research. So you're in the game of influencing people or educating them or inspiring them all of those things are the things that are much harder to understand and catch and that's partly because um the kind of line between what you do and impact is much longer and also because external factors um, play a massive part so you know you might be delivering something really beautifully but some external factor could completely cut across that like a covid pandemic would be a really good example that we've all experienced recently yeah yeah um so I suppose anyone who really wants to understand the change they make and make it as well as they can and do the best job they can focus on what matters to them and the people that they're working with um, and who are working in this relational way where it's really about what's going on between people. um, I think the approach works really well for all of them. Yeah, that's the complexity bit, isn't it? Yes. Why do you think it is that public services have kind of historically worked in this kind of quite trying to demonstrate cause and effect way 
Oh, well, there's a PhD in that. Um, uh, basically, they've been wrestling with these issues for the, internationally for the past uh, 60, 70 years. It was actually the Kellogg's Foundation in the UK, that, uh, sorry, in the US, that was the first organization that really um, was trying to assess outcomes of work. Um, okay. And you know, and haven't managed. And there's a, a long history of actually a lot of the problems that have been caused by using really sort of overly simplistic approaches for this. Um, but I mean, I think uh, there's been years and years of different waves of approaches to public management. That's about showing accountability and best value, and uh, these different approaches have all come with their own fads. Um, I mean. A lot of our performance management system currently is famously something Margaret Thatcher picked up from Sainsbury's because she was pals with the CEO of Sainsbury's and thought, oh, well, if that's how you assess performance of your organization, can we take some of these um, tools and, and use it for our public services? Okay. Um, and yeah, so th there's been wave upon wave of these sort of different top down approaches. And the reality is for organizations who are managing, delivering public services is that all of those those years and years of approaches have, have a real legacy. Mm. So their data systems are all set up around the time when they were asked to really carefully account that they ticked every box that needed to be ticked. And then for the time when they'd been asked to um, really uh, respond to the different targets that they've been asked to. And so one of the things that we do at Matter of Focus is work with organizations to sort of untangle all of that, untangle all of their historical data collection, a lot of which doesn't actually um, meet the needs of, of, of what they're trying to do now. And I think the other part of that is this kind of idea that somehow public services are delivering the same to every citizen across the country and a sort of legacy of, of the way we manage services is we decide from the top and we push it all down and it'll be identical when it reaches the ground in every place. But mm -hmm. because of complexity thinking, complexity theory, we understand that every place is uniquely different and we cannot possibly deliver the same thing. But we're caught in this tension of that new understanding that actually need to give people flexibility and ability to respond to what's in front of them and act quickly because we know things change fast mm -hmm. with this oh but everything should be the same everywhere and I think we're still very much living with that tension and we see that playing out for people who are kind of stuck in the middle of it particularly people who are planning commissioning running um, services of different kinds uh, who tend to be caught in that tension where they have to answer to both kind of ideas at the same time so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's a difficult place to be, isn't it? Um, so let's talk about your approach. Um, the approach you've created, it covers embracing complexity, being clear about what the organisation is trying to achieve, mapping outcomes, and then bringing in new ways of gathering data and analysing evidence. So please, can you talk us through it? So, yeah, we've we developed this approach based on contribution analysis and some people who've already been working with contribution analysis, which is, I suppose, a, a very obvious way of rejecting an attribution model, saying it's not direct co cause and effect. Actually, you're making a contribution to outcomes. So maybe, you know, children will be happier, but you don't control how happy children are. You might help them be a bit happier, but there's lots of other things in the mix there. So yeah. the whole idea of contribution and the language of contribution is quite important conceptually for people thinking about this and suddenly when 
rather than holding people accountable for an outcome, you help them express and evidence their contribution to one. It's a much easier place for people to be because they feel less pressurized that somehow, oh, they've got to make sure that everyone reaches an outcome and instead they can really highlight what it is they do and the unique bit they bring to it and allowing right. other people to br bring their unique parts to it as well. So our approach is based on that. And I think because of our backgrounds and um, kind of the work we've done before, we've developed quite a participatory way of helping people work together to reach a really clear understanding of how the things they deliver make a difference to the people and communities they care about. And we do that through a mixture of mapping out the context for delivery and also mapping um, using our outcome mapping approach, which helps them map their activities through to outcomes. And then that forms a framework through which they can look at data and evidence, including what they already collect, decide which bits they have already collected are helpful or less helpful, and then improve, you know, fill up any gaps that they're not able to evidence at the moment. And kind of, I suppose we really encourage, and this sort of work needs because of its complexity, kind of rounds of thinking and collecting data and talking about data. Uh, we talk in the book about sense making because actually what's going on in the room when people get a chance and a bit of space just to sit down and look at some data and think about how things are going and what's going well, where the challenges are. Are they still on track towards the things that they care about? Do they need to pivot or change? And um, that part is such an important part of delivering well, of planning well, of improving all of those things. So for us, um, I suppose our niche is really where people feel that they can go through a process of mapping outcomes, looking at data, collecting data, reflecting on that data, maybe changing some of their map, then getting more data and a kind of virtuous cycle of learning improvement and then kind of building up a really strong evidence-based story of the difference they made and their impact. Um, but it's not really just something you do from the side, kind of examining impact from the side. It's much more about that kind of embedded evaluation approach, um, mm. which values learning and learning cultures and giving people time and space to think. And especially, I think at the moment, you know, with the cost of living crisis, we heard at the weekend there's going to be uh, cuts, more cuts, and you know, on top of all the other cuts that have been going on for the last uh, 12 or 15 years. So, you know, time is tight and money is tight. And I think quite often the space for learning learning is seen as a luxury but you know we can't do things well if we don't have time to think about how well we're doing them um, and so I think that's just such an important space for people to have yeah. if they're going to do this work and make the best difference for people. One of the things we feel really strongly about is we articulate an approach in the book but it's an approach it's not like a method and uh we find obviously we support lots of organizations use you know um, 150 so far using this approach but we never do it exactly the same way every time because every organization is different they're all starting from a different place mm -hmm. they bring different strengths some of them have lots of research strengths some of them might be using what, like different improvement methodologies and things so it, it's not about an a b c d e kind of approach it's very much more about uh taking these ideas and principles and applying them in the way that feels right and most proportionate um in uh, to, to your own context because of course everyone is so busy so it like it has to bring value really quickly yeah otherwise people just get stuck yeah I think that's the brilliant thing about the book as well because it is a very practical book um but it isn't prescriptive so you're kind of giving people a structure for people for to do this kind of thinking in um and it it does offer ways of people just 
to get people started and that change, I think. I'll ask you a bit about that later. Um, you mentioned the cost of living crisis just then, and obviously things are going to get even tougher for people and organisations. So what particular ways do you think the approach can help organisations to negotiate this? So I think it's that point that Sarah was talking about earlier about, about the thinking. Um, like, obviously, when uh, you, pro- you probably know, one of the key challenges for the public services is that no one scrutinizes the services and supports that we already have. So organizations might be delivering stuff they've been delivering for years that nobody actually has really questioned, is this working? And actually the stuff that gets questioned is all the new and innovative stuff that is much more relational, that's much more with with and for people. Um, So actually being really, really clear that your work is making a difference is going to be totally critical and having time and space within the work that you're doing to understand well where are we making the biggest difference how are we maximizing our contribution and what if anything are we doing that's not helping that um i think it's 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 just yeah really really important and we really see uh, already from working with and obviously working with organizations through covid you know it's hard times it's been mm. really really hard for people for a long time now and it's so easy to kind of get caught like a rabbit in the headlight with just yet another change another change more uncertainty more uncertainty so um i think and what we found is having a really clear framework like that's one thing that people don't have to think about because you can just pick up some of these tools and just use them and be confident that they'll bring you something to help guide your thinking to help you move forward yeah and i think you know so some of that is helping organizations to really focus on uh, where they can afford to rationalize and where they can really put their effort behind the things that are making the biggest difference to the mission that they care about rather than just all the things that they do yeah Um, especially if they have to streamline which you know they may have to uh, Mm. unfortunately so um, it's going to be I think having any of these tools that just keep you I mean we're called matter focused because we believe in keeping focused on what matters and I suppose that's the bit that we're that these approaches bring is a way of really focusing on what's most important if we care if it's outcomes that we care about and if we've got a mission that's about improving people's lives in whatever way it is then how can we make sure everything we do is clearly focused on that yeah when you describe it it just makes so much sense and it seems really obvious but I think when things are kind of getting more and more squeezed anyway uh, is it hard for organizations to change thinking in this way because I feel like it could be quite daunting quite a daunting change to make just for time if nothing else yeah I mean some are definitely more ready than others and and, and I think the people it works the best for are people who are already doing all of these those things that Elsa decide as kind of more modern, innovative ways of doing things. So working in a participatory way with people, um, mm. trying new things, being complexity informed, um, you know, valuing lived experience, um, try, working in partnership, all of those things that we know is that's what you need to do in this complex world, but maybe less, has less evidence. Um, and, the, and the other thing that people find 
when they work with us is if they feel like they have their unique way of doing things, which is their organization's way of doing things, particularly in the in the third sector, you find this. So they bring a sort of style, a set of values, a way of doing things that slightly invisible because it's normally about what's going on between the people that mm -hmm. they support and the people that they work who work for them. So um, quite often those kind of organizations um, really benefit because it helps them highlight what is the unique and special thing about the way they do things. So um, I think those are some of the people who are the most ready. Um, the ones who struggle the most, I think, are the ones who are still stuck in these old data systems where they still yeah. have to. Sometimes people tell us they feel like they're feeding the machine because they have to comply with data about X, Y or Z, which is a sort of legacy from the past. And even though they're supposed to be delivering in new and modern and complexity informed ways, they're still feeding the machine that's gobbling up this data that they never it doesn't really help them in any way. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some of the people who who find it more challenging. Um, and then there's all the things about time and capacity, of course. But mm -hmm. I suppose we feel that if you make the time and capacity to do this, there's so many wider benefits. It's not really about this evaluation that's sitting over over there that someone else is doing or that's scrutinizing you. It's much more about, oh, how can we know what we're doing and how can we be clear about what's best and what action we should be taking? Yeah. Then if you want to add anything else up. Um, I suppose something that we're starting to see is with this current sort of cost of living crisis and the knock on impact on public service budgets, actually the pressures are getting even more towards just show us your output, show us your outputs, tell us how many people you've processed um, this week. And uh, yeah, it, 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 is, it is a hard time to be carving out the time and space to, to be doing this. But I think the organizations who will manage that um, are, are the ones that actually will come through this crisis with their staff more like more clearly aligned and more and, um, it's, so one of the benefits we see is that staff go through this go through this process and suddenly all of their hard work becomes visible yeah because if you're just counting how many people you see and then how many people have got a job or whatever like you, you don't see any of the work any of that really careful nuanced work that people bring their hearts and souls to every day it's just invisible through the process so um yeah I, I think we definitely see um a, a, a kind of a big impact in terms of staff feeling very valued and working in this way which I think yeah will be so important as we go through the cost of living crisis yeah that's really important and again I think the book kind of it helps you to identify kind of areas to start in doesn't it and it it doesn't have to be like a really quick transformation of the whole way you do your business does it it's yeah. Yeah, we really we really tried to get that kind of idea of just get going. Like this is not yeah. it's not a quick fix. There is no quick fix for this. Like people want a quick fix. People often want a simple solution to complex problems, don't they? It's the thing that yeah. we're all everyone's always like looking for this kind of oh you're just going to plug some system in and it's all going to be sorted out. And I suppose we see our niche very much as as bringing together some tools but with really good thinking and allowing people to use their best thinking you know all of these people we work with are experts they have so much knowledge about what they're doing mm. so bringing that thinking with some tools but it's it's going to take a while to go from nothing to a beautifully um you know well-evidenced outcome story with lots of beautiful data and narrated it's going to take a while so in the book we've really tried to get across the just get going message just yeah. get going to improve your data 
to just get going to think about outcomes in a bit more of a nuanced way just get going to make sure you're doing something about understanding the context and if people just start on these then they get gains anyway um, whether or not you know even if it takes longer to get to something much more kind of smooth and beautifully well formed yeah and yeah I think you do give suggestions of things to do in the book that feel quite easy to apply like and just to bring it right down but there was one that resonated with me when you're talking about um getting feedback from online events and kind of embedding some kind of feedback form that's really um use, quick for people to use it's that kind of practical suggestion that's I think will be really helpful for people um, so obviously, I want to ask you to demonstrate the impact of your work and how you've made a difference. So I wondered if you could just give us a couple of examples of some of the work you've done um, to show the benefits of taking this approach. Shall I talk Why don't you start, about Sarah, Health Technology yeah. Wales? And then, yeah. yeah, so we've been working, a really nice example, it's actually in our impact report on our website, is we've been working with Health Technology Wales, which was set up as we set up. And so we came in right at the beginning with okay. them and they were newly funded in Wales to, um, to, look at health technologies and help the NHS decide whether or they should or shouldn't have them in Wales. And they were really clear that actually it wasn't going to be simple. It wasn't just about, oh, yes, no, this widget or that widget. Actually, it was a much more complex process. So we worked with them to set out their outcomes. So they're trying to, you know, improve health in Wales, reduce harms, save money, these kind of things, mm -hmm. kind of quite tricky outcomes to evidence. And um so they've been using our approach for a few years and it took them a little bit of time just to get up to speed and get it all working well. But last year they won an impact prize in their in an international impact prize amongst health technology organizations in the world because oh. they were really able to demonstrate their impact. And on the back of that, they've also been refunded and their chief exec said that she thought being able to show their impact was a was an important part of getting refunded. So that's a very nice success story that yeah. we have yeah and that's in quite a short time as well well I suppose yeah. yeah about four years probably yeah. is really yeah but I think to go from nothing brand new organization to you know internationally leading in in tracking impact in that time is yeah amazing yeah really amazing hmm. Uh, and I'm just wondering if about sort of sharing some of the work we've been doing with Midlothian Health and Social Care Partnership might be relevant because um uh, we worked with one of a, a specific service called a well-being service right at the very beginning of Matter of Focus. And it was at a point where this was a service that had been set up to um, support people who were experiencing uh, kind of multiple deprivation and to alleviate pressure from GPs because people were coming in the door, seeing the GP for 10 minutes. The GPs were feeling like that they just couldn't really scratch the surface of all the different um issues so uh the what the service did was put in place a well-being practitioner with someone who could have kind of longer much more flexible conversations with people over weeks and months in order to help them um address a whole host of issues in their life and um well uh when the, the service was coming up for the funding to be renewed um we worked with them to embed this approach to evaluation in their, their own work and i think uh, so at that time, it was great. We had lots of conversations that were really about streamlining the data that the service collected because it was mm -hmm. collecting all the usual kind of health type data, which is a lot about how many people did and didn't attend and all of these things that actually just weren't relevant to that service. Mm -hmm. um, so 
with the practitioners really worked on, well, what is the data that is most meaningful for you to be capturing? So we got that in place. And critically, I think what, what we did was manage to work with them to come up with some nice, simple ways of understanding both qualitatively and quantitatively, actually, what was the difference that was going on for people in their lives? Um, so on the back of that work, the service got refunded, which is great. Um, and we've ex continued the work with other parts of the health and social care partnership and um, also strategically as well. But what's been really nice is we've just recently come back to this service after nearly five years. And of course, they're in such a strong place because they now have five years of data that shows actually, well, so their practices, so the first thing is their practices are really well aligned with evidencing the difference that they make. So they build in time for reflective practice with the staff. So they're all thinking with each other about, well, how is this work making a difference? So they've really got a learning culture built into the team. Um, but also they can now absolutely tell you both qualitatively and quantitatively, here are some examples of the brilliant work we've done with people and how those people are moving on in their lives and doing things differently. And they've got a few bits of simple data that they've really refined over a long period of time. So they can back that up with a kind of nice tight evidence that the decision makers really like to see. Yeah. Um, can you just um, say a little bit more about what that data actually looks like? So it's not it's not numbers. It's not the number of people who have attended sessions. But what is it like quotes from feedback forms or? Well, I suppose where we're trying to get to one of the things that we say is that um, you kind of have to be able to answer three questions about your service in order. So the first is or your project or your initiative. The first is can this make the difference that you hope? And at that stage, it's got to be qualitative because you're just really finding out, you know, for Health Technology Wales, we do these big assessments. Can that influence decision making within the system? So, so you can't count that. You just, you just need to know, are there any examples of us doing this in a way that is contributing to people making better decisions? And then the next step, step in the journey is thinking about how is it working? What's helping? What's getting in the way? And that's where you're really digging into the context and you're uh, really exploring, I suppose, a, a bigger scale across a number of people or a number of projects or initiatives. Um, how is this working? And at that point, like starting to bring in more quantitative data can be really helpful because actually okay. you want to know how many people you're working with, have the right people that you, the, who you really want to engage with engaged. Sometimes we can come up with some nice um measures that used by themselves would be overly simplistic but used within the context of other data isn't so how many people have read a report that's been produced uh, is, is an example that's come from health technology wales they've built in really nice um uh ways of capturing data from people as they read and, and download their reports or in the case of the well-being service one of the really simple bits of evidence they've brought in is how do people report that they're more confident in uh, managing their health and well-being right. so that's one short little scale that the practitioners ask and within the context of a conversation you know do you feel more confident to manage your health and well-being and they can track how many people do feel more confident so alongside the stories that show how this work is contributing and, and how the person's contributing to improving their health and well-being they've now got some of these nice bits of data as well i see it really gives like a much more complete picture doesn't it of everything that's going on rather than just reporting on one tiny bit yeah. of it um okay so this is my last question we are in difficult times and i think there will be lots of people out there who think maybe this approach could offer something that will help them 
So I thought it would be helpful to finish um, by asking you if you could give us some tips for anyone who's feeling that way. T tips on how to get started, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think there's quite a lot in the book about how to get started, but I suppose we would say, well, do something to understand the context that you're working in. So what are going to be the biggest hindering factors, you know, that are coming up and what's going to help most? Because if you if you, it's a time of crisis, if you just focus on all of the negatives, then it's going to be tough. But if you at least yeah. try and think about, OK, well, what can we do to really uh, what's going on around us that can really help? So are there some partnerships we can utilize? Are there some opportunities? Um, are there some ways of working that we can streamline? All of those things. And then, I mean, we have on our website, you can download our little set of headings and um, and just start to think through, OK, well, how are the things we go, we do going to make a difference to people and you know we say to people oh, just do that with post-its on a desk or do it with your colleague just as a way of kind of starting that kind of thinking um and then like you were saying earlier Jess you know start to just have more of a feedback culture like mm -hmm. where are you getting feedback from and how are you getting it and, and very importantly what are you doing with it so yeah. there's no point in in running feedback if you know it sits in the bottom drawer no no one has it in a drawer anymore it sits in an electronic file and you haven't quite no one's had the time to process it so so streamlining in a way that you're just getting the data you can use and yeah. you're and you are spending time looking at it preferably together not someone just sitting in a room on their own doing it but but using it as a learning opportunity as uh, and a way of improving so those would probably be the sorts of things just to get going yeah um I also do you want to add anything to that uh yeah i think absolutely those things to get going and then but there's some other ways about the data side of things so one thing we say is don't keep proving what you already know so you know if you if and if you've been counting data if you've been capturing data for years and years and you never analyze it or do anything with it really think do i need this um because sometimes actually you can start by making space to think differently by stopping doing some of the things that you know actually aren't very helpful um and the other thing is really uh, reflective practice can be such an easy thing. We've got um, a tool that's on our website called a Reflective Impact Log, which is just a way of stopping and thinking about a piece of work that you've done. Um, it could be what you've attended a strategic uh, sort of working group for three months, or it could be that you've run your own event, or it could be a piece of practice with a person or a community. That's just a way of thinking, not just what happened, but also what difference did that make? And um, creating space for that kind of thinking really helps you realize what you're doing that's valuable and what you're doing that actually you've no idea if it contributes to anything in the end. A lot of us can get caught up with just like doing things that we've always do and done without actually really thinking, well, what am I getting out of this? What's everyone getting out of this this week? Yeah. I'm actually just writing notes for myself here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I have to say the resources on your website are brilliant. Um, and we'll put the URL at the bottom on, of this. Um, but it's matter-of-focus.com, isn't it, is the website. Yes. And also Thank in the you. book, and also in the book, there's a big section of resources at the back, aren't there, which are really helpful too. Yeah. Which is not just our resources, other no. people's resources yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's re it's really um diverse actually. There's lots of different areas there, so that's really helpful. Um, Sarah and Elsa, thank you so much for speaking to me today. Um, Sarah and Elsa's book, 
How do you know if you are making a difference? A practical handbook for public service organisations is available from our website, which is policy.bristoluniversitypress.co.uk.